0: So why don't you stand? I'm going to read from God's word if you're able and willing. Three places in Scripture. 1 Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus says uh, to Peter, I will build my church. I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Think of... um, Think of the church in Afghanistan. I was reading that uh, there's 4,000 new Christians in Afghanistan. They're all young. They're all in their 20s and 30s. And, uh, and, you, and you have to carry on your identification in Afghanistan, you have to tell what religion you are. And uh, none of them were, would ever put Christian on there, it's like a death sentence. But in the last couple of years they have Christian. If it means they're hunted down and they die, it means they're hunted down and they die. They belong to Jesus. Um, So I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So then we look at Acts chapter 2 and uh, Jesus um, dies, he resurrects from the dead, he ascends to heaven, he promises the Holy Spirit would come. The Spirit um, does and 3,000 people join this movement of jesus followers in one day and this is what it says of them starting in verse 42 of acts 2 they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers awe came upon every soul many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and they had all things in common they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need Day by day, they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They were eating together. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being converted. Beautiful. And when the, the church was growing dynamically, people were attracted to what they were experiencing and then second, and then 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now... You have received the mercy of God. So, to those of you who once were not God's people, but now you're God's people, I say, Amen. This is the reading of God's holy, infallible, and inspired word. The grass withers and the flower fades, doesn't it? But the word of our God stands forever. You may be seated. So who still loves the church, you know? Who has a vision for the the beauty of the church? Who still thinks the church still matters? The number of people opting out of church is uh, is on the rise. You know, studies showed that, um, that of, of people who were attending church previous to covid striking in two thousand and twenty, a full twenty five percent of them have completely detached from the church you mean you, you, you might say, well of course, less people are attending they 're being careful about their no no no." no even with live stream even with anything that passes for church even with um just listening to to services on audio um gathering in uh uh, outside the church in the parking lot whatever anything that would pass for church over the uh, period of COVID 25 people uh 25 percent are completely detached who are attending um before that and nobody knows whether they'll ever come back Describing the church's perceived importance as diminished is, well, that would be an understatement, right? Diminished in our culture. Um, Anne Rice is an example. Anne Rice um, is an author. She wrote some pretty weird stuff. Um, So when she converted to Christianity some years ago, that was really uh, front page news but not that many years ago Ann Rice um, uh, announced this famous author said today I quit being a Christian I'm out I remain committed to Christ as always but not to being a Christian or being a part of Christianity it's simply impossible for me to belong to this quarrelsome hostile disputatious and deservedly infamous group I've tried. For 10 years, I've tried. I've failed. I'm an outsider. My conscience will allow nothing else. In the name of Christ, I quit Christianity. Now, a lot of people are walking away. Um, and a lot of people say, um, I want Christ, but not um, the church. Um, and if we were to ask the question, why, um, and if we were to hear the answers um, given, then in many respects we would say, I understand. Because the church has been a disappointment. Because uh, many people have come to the church for healing and, uh, and they've been injured. We've got pastor scandals. Uh, we've got podcasts made out of pastor um, scandals that are wildly popular. We've got the mistreatment of, uh, of women. We have... Um, uh, horrendous, uh, horrendous sexual abuse, particularly of the cler- by the clergy, um, which has been covered over by churches. Um, we have history of racism. We have modern-day racism uh, in the church. Um, churches not being welcoming to people who are not like them. Um, we've got the scandal-breaking in Canada of, uh, of church schools that… Um, were a part of an attempt to uh, take indigenous children who were forcibly taken from their families and uh, trying to be pressed into Canadian culture. And now they're discovering vast um, 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 bodies of these children at these um, schools that have never been discovered, cemeteries. Um, that are being dug up not cemeteries just buried bodies there nobody knows how they died what kind of horrors took place in these um, schools on top of that we have the politicizing of christianity the wedding of the faith to uh to political parties um how many people said if being a christian means i have to vote for that person then count me out right Um, then we just have radical individualism people say I get to choose right and I choose no to the church because it doesn't meet my needs I read one woman this week who said you don't have to go to uh, worship public worship gather with other people I mean do your own thing have a pickle making party invite your friends God will be there right call that church call that worship right pickle making party join the pickle making party I I, I opt out, actually, of that one. Um, so, um, so the church. So I ask, who loves the church? Who who has a vision for the beauty of the church? Who believes that in our world filled with rancor and and, uh, and squabbling and disagreement, and in our world with desperately lonely people, I'm anxious and frightened and disconnected. Uh, world with all its needs I mean who still has a vision for the church who loves the church you know um, about 30 years ago a book came out called the all better book and um, it was kind of a silly book It, it took vast world problems huge world problems that the smartest and best in the world couldn't seem to resolve and they asked primary school children what they would do about those problems. I love one question was about, what would you do to improve the workplace, the, the atmosphere in the workplace? One kid said I'd give five-hour breaks. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think that would probably do it. Um, so here's a, here was one of the questions in the book. With billions of people in the world, should, shouldn't someone be able to figure out a system where no one's lonely? Think about that. we got billions of people in the world. Shouldn't we, why, why would there be lonely people? What do you suggest, Kalani? Um, said, well, people should find lonely people and ask their name and address, then ask people who aren't lonely their name and address. And when you have an even amount of each, assign lonely and not lonely people together in the newspaper. Kalani is German, I'm convinced. Uh, I got a system, very orderly, and uh, Kalani ought to run a lot of our lives. So uh, then I think it was Max um, had a simpler solution, just make food that talks to you when you eat. Um, You don't have to be lonely, just um, enjoy your bowl of ice cream and have fellowship with it. Uh, Matt said, well, we could get people a pet or a husband. (laughs) And I know what many of you would vote for out of the um, two. So with billions of people in the world, shouldn't someone figure out a system where no one is lonely? Well, someone has. Let's talk about it together. It's called the church. It's called this beloved community. So you got a sermon outline, here we go. The beloved community, somebody loves the church. Its creator loves the church. The creator, the church is God's idea. Bunch of people didn't get together and say, hey, I think the church would be a key to making uh, the world a, a, a more healthy and whole place. This is God's idea. God created it. The Bible says that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit dwelt together in community. This kind of communal love is intrinsic to Christianity. It's not intrinsic, for instance, to Islam. When when we say God is love, that's something that's not said um, in Islam. Uh, You don't say that God is love in in Islam because… Because Allah didn't live in community. If Allah was um, eternal, then um, it was just Allah. It's unique to Christianity, right? Um, God lived in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit before the world was even made. And God makes the world and, and says, I will be your God and you will be my people, right? Notice it doesn't say, I will be your God and you will be my person. That's not what the Bible says it's people it's a group it's a community why did jesus come if i were to give you a blank sheet of paper and say why did jesus come um i want you to fill out your answer and turn it in i would get a variety of answers right right out of the bible they'd say jesus came to destroy the works of the devil that's what the bible says jesus came Um, To make all things new. Jesus came to die uh, for our sins, to reconcile us to God. And you would have all sorts of answers, and most of them would be right, but I bet almost no one would say, Jesus came to build the church. I will build my church, he said. And nothing, not the gates of hell, not the power of darkness, will keep me from that. Jesus said, I will have a people for my own, my own possession. So the idea of a churchless Christian is inconceivable. St. Cyprian, an ancient father of the faith, said, no one can have God as his father who does not have the church as his mother. So what's a Christian? That's our question, right? That's what we're asking over five weeks. What is a Christian? A Christian is a beloved child of God. A Christian is a part of the beloved community the church manifested not by just saying I'm a part of the worldwide church right no 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 I'm actually a part of a local expression in my community of that worldwide church so what's the church what is the church how does the Bible describe it the church is the bride of Christ the Bible says the church is one foundation any of you sing that growing up in church you familiar with that hymn the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord, right? She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy what? Bride. And with his, with his own blood he bought her. And for her life he died. The church is his bride. The church is his beloved Love your wife as Christ, loved the, as Christ loved his wife, the church. Love your bride as Christ loved his bride, the Bible says. We are the bride of Christ. Jesus is crazy about his woman. The church is the household of God, the Bible says. It's, it's the temple of God. It's the dwelling place of God. It's in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. We find it. So then you're not strangers and aliens. You're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. It's all built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ is the cornerstone of this building, joining the whole thing together. And it grows into a holy temple in the Lord. You're being built together into the dwelling place for the God by his spirit. The church is the temple of God. It's where God is. It's where God dwells. It's the building of God. And what else do we learn about what the church is? It's the object of his sacrificial love. I love Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Paul is leaving the Ephesian church and they they go down to the shore where his boat is about to leave and they're kneeling in the sand and they're hugging each other and they're weeping together. Pay attention to yourselves, Paul says to those elders, and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers care for the church of god which he obtained with his own blood talk about precious this church is bought with the blood of christ the blood of christ his church that's what the church is right do you love the church do you love the church do you is it is is it a prime part of your identity i think most people that they might say i'm a christian They might say, I'm a a Jesus follower. Their identity is is their work. You know, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a school teacher, um, I'm a a homemaker. That's their primary identity. They might even say, I'm I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Those, some people got nothing else. You know, there's um, their identity, right? That's their identity. How many people say, I'm a part of the church? The church is the center of my life. What Jesus loved to die for, I'm in. That's it. The well-being of the church is the passion of my heart and my life. Now, we'd say it about our own children, right? My children, my grandchildren. They're my passion. They're my light. They're my joy. Guess what? We all belong to each other. The church isn't like a family. It is the family of God. Some people say, you know, that's awesome. I, I just wish the church was like the New Testament church. And to that you have to say, what New Testament church are you referring to? Because if you read the New Testament closely, Um, you would know that there was racism in the New Testament church. You would know that there was ethnic um, division. You would know, you know what I read there in Acts chapter 2, that they took all their possessions and they put them together and they sold it and they took the money and they distributed it to the needy? Guess what we find out? The Jewish leadership of the church gave the money to the Jewish widows. And if you weren't a Jewish widow, like you were a Greek widow, you didn't get the money or the attention. And right away they had this, um, uh, um, they had this division because people love their own more than they love. Uh, Paul has to rebuke Peter because Peter won't eat with the Gentiles, right? The Gentile Christians are not Christians they are lower than, who they, they can't even, they can't be God's um, people. Peter would have nothing to do with him. He has to be rebuked by, um, by Paul. The, the, the apostles are rebuking each other, right? We have squabbling in the church. Do you know that uh, Paul says, um, what about Euodia and Syntyche? Will somebody help them uh, stop fighting? So there's two women in the Bible mentioned by name for their fighting and and rancor they're causing in the church. In all church history, they're in the Bible. How'd you like that? You know, your name slapped in the Bible for all history as being uh, contentious. Which church is it you want our church to be like? They were dead people in the narthex in the New Testament church, right? um you know that story they lied they pretended to be big givers to the church and they not weren't they fell over dead out in the the narthex we've had some wild things happen that hasn't happened yet um, uh, here um there there was um they were getting drunk on communion um, uh, the, the people are going in and drinking up the wine they were eating the food they were, um, they were uh, particularly the powerful and wealthy were being served uh, ahead of the poor there was class differences there was abuse of people um, like that in um, the church there was sexual scandal to the Corinthians Paul says come on church one of you uh, is with your father's wife yuck right um i i assume that was a step um uh, mother uh, um the 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 i wish the church was like the new testament church i don't um read read about the new testament church um broken people right um A friend of mine said when he was 18, he went to London because he was going to start a church there. And he did. He started a church there because they were going to be the true church. Um, And uh, he left uh, um, America, and uh, um, uh, he was from Indiana, and it was a a Pentecostal church, and uh, and he met Francis Schaeffer there. Now, that name might not mean anything to you, but this is an icon of, uh, of modern Christianity. And um, Francis Schaeffer said, why aren't you in, in one of the historic churches? Why aren't you in, in one of the churches of the Re- Reformation? Why aren't you in a church of, of uh, um, one of those? And, and, and my friend said, because we're, we're going to be the true church. Those churches are dead. They're dull. They're boring. They don't have the spirit. We have the spirit. We have works of power. And, and God comes. And, and Schaeffer looked at him and said, son, do you think Jesus loves the perfect church or the imperfect And he stammered a little bit and said, I think he loves the imperfect church. And he said, no, you do not because you don't love the imperfect church. You think your church is the perfect church. You only love your church. And you know why you think your church is the perfect church? Because you think you're the perfect pastor. You know, I got a word for you. Jesus loves the imperfect church. And it's pretty haughty and arrogant to say, well, I don't. I want Jesus, but I don't want the church. That's not going to fly. Membership in a church means joining your imperfect self to other imperfect selves to form an imperfect community, which is only beautiful because one person, perfect person, lives in the midst of her, right? One perfect person, Jesus, lives in her midst. That's all we got, right? That's the beauty of the church i love jesus not the church no 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 no, no. you might say yeah i, I love I, I love ray Cortez. i don't i don't i don't i don't like his wife diane you know i'd, I'd like to do things socially with ray but uh, i don't want uh, diane and to that ray would say uh, it doesn't work that way um, she's the most important person in my life she's the love of my life that's my girl don't even talk about my girl um that way so what do you think Jesus would say He'd Say, I want Jesus I don't want his bride what would Jesus say that's my girl I died for her um, those are my people um, it doesn't work that way we're a package deal um, what is a Christian you with me you're a beloved child and you're a part of a beloved community So secondly, we're going to talk about what's the culture of that community? What is the culture of of this family of God? I'm just going to give you a sampler here. Um, The culture of the beloved community. We read a little bit about it in Acts. I mean, it's fascinating, right? The, the, The squabbling disciples, and God sends the Holy Spirit, and a church is created. And a church starts to build a culture, right? Now, it's important to say, um, a church is not a building, right? But we use that term. Or, you know, we say, "Well, where's that meeting going to be held?" It, we'll say, "It's it's at the church, right?" And we're referring to a building. Where's that funeral going to be? Is that going to be in a in a funeral home or is it at the church, right? Um, so sometimes we call the church, but it's 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 not you can call it a sanctuary, a gym, a school, all those things, but. It's not a church. A building isn't a church. It's a it's a sanctuary. It's a gathering place of the church, right? And sometimes we call the worship service church. Like, did you do church today, right? I just went to church. Um and what we mean is the worship um service. No, the church is a community. That means that if you're with other Christians at McDonald's, there's church at McDonald's, right? If you're on the golf course with it no some of you are going to say, oh, so we can go to play golf, and that's church. Um, you're with your church, but it's not worship, right? Um, the church is a community, and it has a distinct culture, right? Think of the Naval Academy. It has a distinct culture. That's why this past week, past year, they've, had, they've been dealing with the fact that over 100 um, at the Naval Academy, 100 of the students... Um, cheated on a test. This is a major violation. They have an honor code. This week they announced 18 of them, I believe, thrown out of the academy uh, because they they have a culture and they're preserving their culture. You ever studied the New, New Zealand All Blacks? Their um, their rugby team. Um, their, uh, on my on my desk is a book called Legacy. It's the it's the culture of this rugby team and. Um, in New Zealand. It's distinct. Mayo Clinic has a distinct um, culture. Uh, It would be my pleasure to tell you that Chick-fil-A has a distinct culture. Um, So does the church, right? Um, But here's the thing. A church can unsay by its culture what it says by its doctrine and not even realize it, right? So a church can say, our God is a loving God. He's gracious and he's welcoming. And yet you can go to that church and find no grace and find no welcome, right? So they can say their doctrine, but then they unsay their doctrine by the culture in the church, right? So, um, um, so we have to be very careful about, uh, you know, because a church can be cold and unwelcoming and harsh and boring and unexpected and without joy and prideful. So let's talk about the church, what the church is supposed to be, what it's aimed to be, what the creator wants it to be. And we would say it's an interdependent community, an interdependent. You follow me? You guys with me? Interdependent um, community. We need um, each other. It is a connected community. I love what Christine Paul says. I have now come to understand that I need others in my life. That's basically what you're saying. I need others in my life. I now know that I need to commit myself to living in intentionally intrusive, Christ-centered, grace-driven, redemptive community. I now see myself as connected to others, not because I have made the choice, but because of the wise design of the one who is the head of the body, the Lord Jesus Christ. He puts us in this community because we need Each other. It's a one another community. You know, the Bible again and again in the New Testament says one another, right? Love one another. Bear one another's burdens. Be devoted uh, to one another. Honor one another. Build up one another. Um, Live in harmony with one another. The church is not an aggregation of people, right? An aggregation of people. You go to a a concert, you go down to Amelie Arena in Tampa. And they have a concert and uh, you're in a crowd you're in a big group of people and you're all together and and you're all there because you like the the group and and you're singing their songs you're all you know it feels great right uh, you're all together you're um singing you're swaying you're clapping but then when the final uh when the, when the curtain falls that's it everybody walks out and there's no what there's no commitment to each other there's no affection there's no responsibility you're just an aggregation of people for an event. A church is a congregation, uh, a community of the committed, right? Um, I, I, I read a comment of a guy who walked the Appalachian Trail. So, the Appalachian Trail, I think, is like 2,167 miles from Maine to Georgia. It's an epic achievement. Many set out, few accomplish, right? And so they asked a guy who, who had just completed it and it uh, took him six and a half months, which is pretty good. It takes others, I think, about eight months. And uh, they said, of all the experiences you've had, if you could just pick out one thing, what was the most transformative experience? And he said, simple, the community, the trail community. Because everybody who's a thru-hiker, everybody who's trying to do the whole thing knows one thing. What's that one thing? they cannot do it what? Alone. It is impossible alone. They need community. They need help. He said everybody shares everything. Even the people who are just day hikers, when they're done in the day, they give you everything they got, all their food, everything else. Everybody pitches in to help you get to the finish line. That's the culture of the church. That's why I'm so proud of you guys. So many sick people, so many grieving people, so many brokenhearted people, and you guys cooking food, praying, rallying, praying all night, um, bringing people to the doctor, bringing people to the hospital, sitting with with people, buying groceries. I mean, you guys have been just awesome. You know, Ross Hoffmeyer needs a, a ramp, and the DR team appears out of thin air. Boom, build a ramp. That's it like these people got nothing else to do, you know? Boom, they're um, they're incredible stuff. And I know this about you, I know this about you. One year ago, one year ago last week, my daughter was having surgery for a brain tumor in Houston, COVID rages. We couldn't go in the hospital, her husband couldn't go in the hospital, nobody could go in the hospital with her. We couldn't even walk through the front doors. And I wanted to pray. I wanted to pray the whole time she was in there, but I knew I couldn't do that. I don't have the strength to do that. I wouldn't even be able to think of enough stuff to say. So every hour, one of the pastors of this church called me in Houston, every single hour, and they prayed with me, right? This is it. We're so desperately in need of each other. So I'm talking to somebody in our church about the vaccine, and, um, and they hadn't uh, taken the vaccine. They're young. And, and, you know, so I'm just curious. It really was like, what, 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 what keeps you from taking the vaccine? They, they told me their reasons, and it came down to this. I, I don't trust the medicine. I don't trust the science. I don't trust the research. I don't think it's been vetted. I, I think it could hurt me. And, um, and I said, let me ask this. Do you, do you believe the reports, um, documented reports now that... Um, that this vaccine makes you less likely to get sick, um, and that if you do get sick, uh, it won't be as severe, um, and, um, and, then it, and because you're less likely to get the illness, you're less likely to be a carrier of the illness to someone, the virus to someone else. And said, so I don't doubt any of that to be, uh, I don't doubt any of that, I believe all of that. So I looked at this young man and I said, then get vaccinated! Because all you've told me is it might hurt you. And guess what being a part of a church is? Is you bear hurt on behalf of everyone else. That's what it means to be a Christian. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, uh, and God says, that's it. You've got to go to the cross. But it'll hurt. Is that what he said? But it might hurt me. It might set me. Guess what the essence of sacrifice, sacrificial love is? It always hurts. It's always hard. It's always difficult. It always costs you something of yourself. So lay your life down. That's the culture of the church. Secondly, it's a gathered community, the church, right? We actually gather together. We're not just people who care about each other, living our own lives separate do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Uh it says right there gathered community. Do not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some. It was the habit of some 2000 years ago. It's the habit of some today. When you have a church, you're never alone. You're physically present. You get the face of others. There's an epidemic of loneliness in our country. Um, Our country has had a steady decline of a sense of connectedness and community. We need the church. We need to do life together, right? You know, it's not unusual when people walk out of church to hear somebody say something like what? um, Well, I didn't get much out of that. What makes you think it's about you? The right question is what did God get out of it? He's the audience, you're not the audience. You may not realize that. Is what does God get out of it? We're bringing worship to him and then what did other people get out of it? What encouragement would other people be bereft of? What if nobody else came but you? It wouldn't be quite as fun, would it? Worship wouldn't be quite as, uh, we need each other, we need each other to be physically present. We need each other's face. We need to gather. We need our children to be here and a part of it. Seeing the children run through the church after church gives me life. We need each other. Last week, a guy came out, and uh, let me just say, this guy's not in his 70s. He's north of that. Is that safe enough? And um, so he comes out, and uh, he introduces me to somebody who's new in the church. And, uh, and I say, how do you guys know each other? And they said, well, we just met after church. Um, i saw that they uh, i didn't know them so i walked up introduced myself now i'm bringing them out there to meet you that's it that's it what if that guy didn't come last week right what if they weren't here last week then our welcome as a church would have been diminished it's not about what did i get out of it it's what did i bring to the community by being there right what family reunion is more fun when half the people don't come to the reunion right all the family you long to see they don't come you know i found myself just getting um oh but okay so let's talk about live streaming um let's talk about live streaming. um who's live streaming for live streaming is for the sick for those who are caring for the sick for those who need to stay out of covid's way i am so thrilled that people are gathering with us on live stream and i am so thrilled that you're keeping yourself safe goodness knows we need to stop this covid um i'm destroying more lives uh, live streaming is for shut-ins they can't go to church they can't physically uh do it live streaming is for those who are not yet part of our church family they want to they're not going to walk through the doors of a place but they want to check uh check it out live streaming is for missionaries it's hard to go to church every week if you're a missionary in China or Japan and hear uh, worship in a language that's still very foreign to you. Live streaming is for our military. They don't choose to be all over the world uh, uh, doing work for us, but that's where they've been placed. Live streaming is for those who watch in addition to their own church where they worship uh, and and are physically present. Live streaming for those who have to work on um, weekends and can't be here. But who is live streaming not for? It's not for your convenience to have a cup of coffee, sit in your pajamas, on the couch, and do church at three in the afternoon because that's really what really works for you. In that case, you rob the community. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I found myself getting mad at parents because they don't bring their kids to church, um, especially their, their, uh, their teenage children. It's like, what are you thinking? And I realized, getting mad at people is just arrogant and self-righteous, stop it. So now I, I just look around the room and I, and, I, and I look at the De Beers and I say, thank you, Jesus. You guys are here every week with your children. Where's Carson, by the way? Yeah, okay, good. Um, don't screw up the illustration. All right, last thing. i got to wrap this up. Um, it's a healing community. It's a redemptive community. It's life-giving. The church is a place where people come to life. They know the joy of belonging, of being known and loved, having a home. Community is what we were created for. It's an indispensable condition for human flourishing. Jean Venier Created Christian community said it's not a group of people simply, community who live together and love each other. It's a place of resurrection. I love that. It's Babel, the Tower of Babel where people got driven apart at the beginning of the Bible. It's the reverse of Babel. It's redemption. It's what our fractured world needs. Why do we have 575 children in our school? Because they need family. They need a family. They need a place. It's a place the church is a place of welcome. Come. Jesus says, come to me. Um, this week, this picture uh, was uh, tweeted by one gentleman of these people being evacuated from, uh, from Kabul in Afghanistan. And this is what the guy tweeted. Um, he said, raise your hand if you want this plane landing in your town. And what he was saying was, is this what we want Is this the multinational community we want to be? Who wants these disgusting people in your town? And uh, I hope every person who names the name of Jesus Christ would have raised their hand. Because Jesus said, you know what? When I was hungry, you did what? You said, go to some other country. They'll feed you. Is that what you said? Jesus said, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I had no home, you opened your doors to me and you welcomed me. This is what Christians do to so the immigrants and the broken and the needy of this world. Come, the church is where people are healed, where lives are changed. So this week I got this email, just thrilled me to know. And it came from a guy I don't know. He's in Oakland, California. He said um, he'd started campus ministry in 2006. He started listening to Seven Rivers Church. He's been listening ever since. Um, he said, um, I, I, I knew I needed to start a church here um, in, in Oakland, but I'm in California, you know. This is the Bay Area. Um, how could I ever believe that people would? Yeah, he said, my prayer for my son, who's now 19 years old, is that he would have one Christian one Christian friend in, in, in elementary school, in middle school, in high school, he never ever did. He never ever knew one Christian all of growing up. He said he's in college now, he knows his first Christian friend, first time he's ever met one. This guy said, I know no Christian neighbors. I don't ever meet anybody who's a Christian. But he said, I listened to the sermons of Seven Rivers. Well, this is what he... He said, as I listened, you kept telling stories about God's work in those early years of Seven Rivers, stories about unlikely people whose lives were transformed by the gospel and the joy of watching God build his church. I remember saying to my wife, I don't think it's going to work, but we have to try to start a church. Three years later, God has blessed us with a thriving multi-ethnic congregation, a $4 million building in the heart of downtown where we get to have a real presence in the city and story after story of unlikely people having their lives turned upside down by the best news they've ever heard. He said, I'm grateful for you. I hope you get to see this one day. I see it already. The church. It's a place of resurrection. hmm so yeah, many people are leaving the church. But many are coming back. And many are coming for the first time. Last week there was a young man here. He came here when he was little. He came, here, he came to school here through sixth grade, maybe he said, something like that. I haven't ever seen him since. He was here last week as an adult. It's been years. I said, what are you doing here? He said, I'm coming home. I got away from this. I'm coming home. I'm asking you this morning to make a decision. Jesus loved you. And you responded to his love, many of you, and said yes to Jesus. Now I want you to say yes to his church. You know, with so many lonely people in the world, somebody should come up with a, somebody should come up with an idea of of, of how those lonely people would experience community. Somebody has. Amen. Let's pray, dear Jesus. I thank you that I've gotten to be in this community, raise my children here, um, do life with these folks, have my arms lifted up uh, when uh, to pray and I could not lift them anymore by um, these brothers and sisters uh, that I have gotten to be a part of what your Bible describes, the blessed, beloved community. Uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, uh, we pray. Um, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.